Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Why tonight's game in Detroit might be the most important one the Lakers have played all season. We'll explain next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with 22,000 subscribers, all of whom are looking forward to uh, perhaps a better effort tonight in Detroit, Andy, uh, than the Lakers put forth in uh, in Philly. If they lose by 44 to Detroit, it's not going to be good. <laughs> very, I mean, let me put in perspective how long it's been since Philly has or Detroit has won a game. They are, as of this recording, I believe, on a 14-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Their last win was October 28th. James Harden was still a sixer the last time Detroit won. Like people were putting together their last-minute Halloween costumes the last time Detroit <laughs> won a game. Yeah, it, it is. Um, they're terrible. Um, and there's just no way around it. Um, so we'll get into that. We will get into uh, what exactly the Lakers could change per uh, LeBron's note that a lot needs to change based on uh, on um, the, the loss in Philadelphia on Monday. Um, and we'll talk about this leadership question that we got into a little bit for Tuesday's show. I do want to let people know that today uh, the, the, the Lockdown Lakers subtext channel is out there and available. It's a great way to communicate with us, uh, get a little more insight into the show, participate into the show. We'll use it for mailbags, uh, all kinds of ways to, you know, rumors, news, all that stuff. Free 14-day trial if you go to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnLakers. Um, this is a massive game particularly Andy in the uh in, in the wake of what happened on Monday for a couple reasons as far as I and I'll, I'll tell me if you agree the first one is Detroit is awful awful um you mentioned the 9 billion game losing streak that they are are currently uh in and so the, the western conference too competitive to give away games against god awful teams the second part is if you lose against Detroit now to come home with a 500 trip, which is what you want, I think, on, a, on a, any four-game trip, particularly a tough one on the road, um, you got to win in Oklahoma City on Thursday, which is you know second night of a back-to-back against a really good team. That is a tall order anyway. So you, you want to avoid that. But also, too, Andy, it, it, they need a palate cleanser. You go from... LeBron says a lot needs to change to you lose to the Pistons. Now the, the what's going on generation, you know, rumor mill is going to start going on the angsty. What's wrong with the Lakers? Are you going to start coming apart at the seams and this and that the, the loss to Detroit in the context of Monday's game would be, I think, unusually uh, destructive. Well, Darwin talked after the game about how he didn't think the team as a collective reacted well to mm-hmm. whistles not going their way, calls going against them, shots not going down, things like that, and just that the competitive spirit 
that he has come to expect from this team wasn't there. You know, AD afterwards it was asked about, you know, sort of the way you go about handling this game. And while he was very big on the idea of there's no point in dwelling on it, particularly because you're going to be playing again really soon, you got to move forward. You know, the idea of that we'll watch film and guys need to be able to talk with each other honestly about what happened and take accountability. And as you and I discussed, there is nobody who stepped foot on that court in Philadelphia who can walk away blameless from from that I looked fiasco. it up and just for fun. I looked it up to see what the the uh, net ratings for the Lakers are in their last one game. You know, which would basically just be Philadelphia. D'Angelo Russell led the team with a minus sixteen net rating. Yeah, it's poor Alex lo- Fudge was minus one hundred and fifty two or something like that. That's why D'Lo was allowed to skip the film session. That's you right. He doesn't need to be there. Alex but Fudge like, had to watch the game five times. You know what? As long as Alex Fudge is getting a check, I don't think he cares nope. what you ask him to do. But nope. like, you know, AD was asked about the reaction of players when it came to these sort of film sessions and whether or not people can be candid with each other and everyone can be professionals about it. And he said that he thought so, but the way he talked about it, it did sound like he was if nothing else, a little bit concerned about the general mood with this team. And you want to make sure that you go in there feeling really good about yourself. Like, forget the idea of trying to get LeBron and AD rest on the second end of a back-to-back, because we've already discovered that doesn't mean bleep. (laughs) Like, every single time they've had a ton of rest heading into the second end of a back-to-back, they crap the bed. Like No, I want them to play like a triple overtime game tomorrow. Maybe then they'll win in Oklahoma City. (laughs) Well, they'll just, they'll be in rhythm. (laughs) Like, they're basically going from one game straight to the next. (laughs) And they're just, you know, they're feeling in the flow of basketball. But like, you want to feel positive about yourself heading into this game because under the best of circumstances playing in OKC is difficult mm-hmm. you know that team is really good that building has always been hard to play in and I, I'm not saying that I think this team is on the verge of fracturing because I, I think that would just be too dramatic right that's a that's a little but, clickbaity excessive but, but you lose this game against Detroit and then you end up potentially losing against OKC, which could happen anyway. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, it feels like one of those moments where you look back and say, okay, was this where the fracture began? If that's where yeah. things headed. It's, you just want to avoid that stuff. Right. One of we I forget what day it was exactly, but you know, everydayers will remember we did a show um during, I believe it was during training camp about the complete and total lack of drama around this team and how refreshing that is (laughs) when you're talking about the Lakers to have like no sense of drama at all. And you, that's something that you want to maintain. And I agree with you. Like, look, cause what was it? You know, 48 hours earlier, we were talking about the best win of the season and the, the, you know, this great, uh, effort and energy the Lakers put out to go in shorthanded and beat Cleveland. And I think everybody what, played well, right? Like literally everyone think, played well. I think what frustrates people is that there is no through line. There's no consistency, I think, with this team. And so 
what you what you don't want to start doing at a time when you know you're about almost a quarter of the way through the season and you're you're not win win split the rest of this trip you come back and you're perfectly in, in no no problems um got to keep playing well it's got to get better for the long term goals but they're not in any dire straits right now but but you don't want to add that element of drama of questioning of like hey what's wrong with the team not what's not what hasn't come together yet, you know, but like, you know, this is way more than interest. Well, There's something wrong with the Lakers. Well, right now we're in, it hasn't come together yet. We'll get to that say, next, but like what needs to change, but we're not in what's wrong territory. They have not played, they have not played well enough to make you ever dismiss the idea of what's wrong. Like, you know, they have played well enough or if nothing else have maintained a good enough record that there is no reason to panic about them. And quite frankly, there's no reason to panic because they can't do anything right now no. <laughs> anyway because they can't make any moves. And by the way, don't get so excited about that December 15th line either because it's we're really talking January before the Lakers are able to really have flexibility. Right. To do so to, to some degree, like you, wa you want to play with urgency, but there's no point to – frankly, I think they could use a little more urgency at times. But there's no, there's no point in panicking because you can't do anything with that panic Anyway, well, I thought for a second because I I, I want to I, I got a question about this this topic here before we move into um, the 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 stuff that LeBron thinks might need fixing. Um, kind of the difference between panic and flaw, like what's wrong and what's flawed. So I want to get into that a little bit next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, each week we are going to provide you with players guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's take a look at some of the players that Josh has picked out for this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Among others, Jaden Ivey, who... Lakers will be seeing tonight. His level of play has improved since joining the starting lineup. And as of this recording, as a starter, 16 and a half points per game, about four assists, four rebounds, and nearly a steal per game as part of the first five. And since we've already established the Pistons are going nowhere this year, Detroit should be investing in his development, giving launch, him heavy Jayden, minutes. Launch. Exactly. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. There's nothing worse than having your vehicle break down in real time. I once had my car break down, and by break down, I mean catch on fire <laughs> as I was on the way to trading in this car because, among other reasons, I was worried it was in such bad shape it would catch on fire. And you can't drive like that, but had I had access to the 122 million parts for my, at the time, ride Which, by the die. way, includes fire extinguishers. I yes, it, it does. It does include <laughs> fire extinguishers from our good friends over at eBay Motors. I could have made sure that my ride was running smoothly and much less hot, literally and figuratively. Fire. <laughs> yeah, brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, fire extinguishers, whatever the car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, it is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at those prices, you are burning rubber, not cash or the car. So mm -hmm. keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reminder, the Lakers play the Pistons tonight at 4 p.m. Pacific time. They better win this game. The Lakers, like, seriously, they better win it. Catch every basket of the Lakers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Lakers. So it's interesting to hear the, your response to when I was saying, like, you know, we're not at what's wrong territory. And, I, and it occurred to me that— Well, not what's what's wrong with the right. Lakers, like, like an episode right. of— and, but the First way take. what you said got me thinking because you're right. There are things that we know are wrong with the team in terms of they're flawed. They got an offensive rebound, you know, a rebounding problem. You know, uh, that, that's something they might need to clean up. Um, the shooting, Andy, has not been what I think everybody hoped it would be. Uh, they got to find ways to improve that. I think intensity. We got a list coming up here. But what I meant was, like, there's a difference between sort of what's flawed about this team. Like, every team is, has its imperfections. Um, and what's wrong with the Lakers? Like, there's something institutionally, culturally, whatever, that isn't right. And those things run deeper than X's and O's and, you know, a potential trade that can be like, Last year, the Lakers were in what's wrong with the Lakers. And there was a cultural issue, and they solved it through trades. And I'm not trying to blame Russ. It was just it was obvious they had a problem on that team. I don't think I don't think they're in what's wrong territory, like the way I'm describing it. But you start stacking up losses against bad teams and cryptic press conferences from your, you know, your iconic star, and you can get there pretty quick. And I don't want to get, I don't want to even approach the borderline of that with, with, with this team. I mean, LeBron was clearly message sending in his, as I like to say, passive aggressive mode, because, mm -hmm. you know, he was asked to clarify some of the things that need to change. And he just said a lot, you know, like what part of a lot did you not understand? Um, and you know, when you talk about the difference in like leadership styles or voices or approaches, you know, we covered the last 10 years of Kobe's career. We were, allowed, we were around Kobe all the time. If you'd asked Kobe that, Kobe would have given you far more specific answers. Sometimes even naming name. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes he might even say, what needs to change? That guy needs to get the hell out of here. Let's all sit down and we'll start with Sasha. Here's what yeah. Sasha needs to do better right. going what, forward. What needs to change? Me no longer sharing a backcourt with Smush. That needs right. to change. Um, you know, and, and look. There can be advantages to LeBron's way, disadvantages, advantages to Kobe's way, uh, disadvantages as well. But like one of the reasons that I think we're not at like nuclear what's wrong with the Lakers is to some degree you look at the guys that have been missing throughout this season and without making mm -hmm. excuses, that is a reason they are not performing at the level that a lot of people, including you and I, expected they would yes like right now they are missing jared vanderbilt they're missing rui hachimura they're missing cam reddish who is currently listed as probable probable and you know that usually means he will be available they definitely could use him and you know gabe vincent his timeline seems more murky but you know rui hopefully is going to be soon to return and it seems like vanderbilt's moving in that direction those guys are missed and, you know, not having them on a regular basis, you know, Vanderbilt has literally not played. 
that hurts the continuity they're looking to build with guys who, you know, heading into the season, even if you didn't believe in Reddish as a part of the rotation, you certainly thought Vanderbilt, Vincent, and Rui were going to be important parts of what they did. It matters that they have not been available. You know, Austin, Austin Reeves got off to a very, very difficult start that even if you think he's turning or turned a corner, it has it hasn't reached a place yet of seamlessness with the entire team overall. You know, the, the Anthony Davis uh, is being asked to carry a lot. Torian Prince has frankly been underwhelming since, since I mean, other than maybe, I think Austin's higher profile, so there's been more attention paid, but Torian's been a, a, a disappointment that has mattered. This is this is my fault um, for calling attention to him as the most uh, pivotal and consequential signing that the Lakers made in the offseason, and the one that I thought would make the biggest difference. I um, the, I, I'm taking the the, the fall for this yeah. one. And you know, Christian Wood, after a really strong start, has cooled down some. So, mm-hmm. you know, none of this necessarily means that. You know, it can't change or get better, or that these are insurmountable things. And for what it's worth, I think some of these guys will figure it out and get on a better track. And it will help when everybody is slotted correctly because you hopefully have bodies available. But there are other things that you look at and say, you know, we headed into the season thinking rebounding could be an issue. Rebounding so far is an issue. You know, Mm -hmm. the Lakers have a fine tradition of not being able to shoot from behind the arc, and Mm -hmm. it is continuing this year i mean like i feel like at this point like you could take bird reddick steph like clay any shooter that you want and put them in a lakers jersey and they would lose 11 percent off their off their norms if i had the time and you know i guess to some degree the resources to really go through tons and tons of data i would love to look at the splits of all these different players shooting in particular in staples slash crypt yeah. during the period of like the, the Broadway lights, you know, like that particular setting. Like, I wonder if there is something with the setting of the lights in that building that just makes it harder. Cause like Torian Prince, for example, he's shooting way better on the road than he is. Yes, at home. he is. Um, but like, I, I don't, I don't again it's all anecdotal I haven't gone back and looked but like I don't think the other teams should but, but if they did it all the, the t- but if they did it all the time though it could be different it could be different if they you know if Steph had to play 41 games a year 43 counting uh the two games against the Clippers hmm. in the crypt no but they don't do the 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 Broadway lighting for the Clippers okay so 41 games if right. he had to do 41 games a year he might be a dead ass bum who knows <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I, it's it's just something about the uh, the the water. Maybe I don't know, but it you know when you look at I I, th- I look at three things like it's I don't think the shot quality is necessarily bad. I'm overall. glad you mentioned that because I want to get into that in the next segment. I found something very interesting looking at the numbers. Yeah, so we'll take a look at that. Like what what is the list? If you're ask if you if you're trying to read LeBron's mind. What would you put on it? Is there rebounding? Is there shooting? Is it shot quality? Is it effort and intensity? There are a lot of different places that you can take this list. And so that's what we're going to do next. 
Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can enjoy this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 money line bet. In other words, just pick a team to win outright. Don't worry about the spread. Bet five bucks on it. If you win, $150 back in bonus bets. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, on player props, over-unders, futures. The app is really easy to use. And of course, you can also bet on the NBA. LeBron and AD both 75 to 1 as of this recording to win MVP over at uh, FanDuel. Uh, Anthony Davis, five and a half to one to win defensive player of the year. Austin Reeves, 3.8 to one for sixth man of the year. And Darvin Ham, 48 to one for coach of the year. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Enjoy the NFL season. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Reminder the Lakers play the Pistons tonight at 4 p.m. Pacific time. They better win this game the Lakers like seriously they better win it catch every basket of the Lakers hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Lakers don't want to get too deep into this rabbit hole but if you've been on the uh on NBA Twitter today you've probably seen the clip of Pat Bev talking about <laughs> about his beef with Austin Reeves uh, and how he is going to be all over him every game that they play until they retire. Um, v- deeply offended that AR went with the uh, the too small gesture at Beverly last year when Pat Bev was with the Bulls. Um, in Chicago, his, where Bo- Beverly's from. Right, in his revenge game when he was trying to keep the Lakers from making the playoffs. Vowed to keep the Lakers out of the playoffs. That didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. But he kept himself out of the playoffs, but not the Lakers. So um, he he talked about that and um, how in, until he retires, he and, which maybe never, <laughs> fairly sure Pat Bev is going to figure out a way to stay in the NBA until he's dead, um, which many, many decades from now. This to me is one of the, you know, both a great explanation of Patrick Beverly, but also if you made a list of the strangest and probably most inconsequential NBA beefs of all time, somewhere on that list in the top, you know, the top percentages of it has got to be Austin Reeves versus Patrick Beverly. I'm a big fan of Austin Reeves. I think he's a good player. (laughs) Like, are we talking, does he really merit beef with really much of anyone and certainly someone like Patrick Beverly? I think this is fantastic. I mean, it's hilarious and very Pat Bev, but if you are going to too small Patrick Beverly, you should expect he's never going to forget that because I'm pretty sure Patrick Beverly remembers every slight going back to like third grade. Yeah. Like he's, he's going to he, be driving by a, uh, Reeves's house, like in thirty years, like when they're both retired. <laughs> just, just you know, like yeah. pointing at him, the slow drive by, scowling at him. Like, but here's the thing, is. too. Reeves was asked about this after the game because you know there was, a, <coughs> excuse me, like a, mi- a minor finger quotes dust up between him and uh, Beverly on the sideline. You know, Beverly had frankly defensively just put Reeves in a blender and forced Reeves into a turnover along the sideline, yapping a bit. Reeves gave him a chest bump, a uh, little bit uh, of back and, and forth. Admitted in, the, in his podcast to throwing a little elbow at his head. Right, right. Uh, Beverly to Reeves' head. Reeves afterwards said, like, you know, look, I, I respect Bev. It's not personal. You know, it, Beverly last year told me this is all in the game. You know, and look, quite frankly, they beat the bleep out of us so he can talk <laughs> as much as he wants. Want. And Beverly even said on his podcast – 
it may be something that he does to Reeves for the rest of the time they're in the NBA together. But even then, it's not personal mm -hmm. to him. Like this business and personal for Patrick Beverly in basketball, there is no difference. <laughs> they are one and the same thing. Exactly. There is no distinction for Beverly between business and personal. Right. That's the, it's that's not personal in the sense that he dislikes Austin Reeves as a human, but it's personal. Well, but I just think it's funny too, like – he this like how dare he throw that gesture at me when Reeves was was only threw it at him because he because Pat Bev threw it at LeBron a week earlier. I just find the whole thing to be very well. Very it also it also too um, it's not personal like in the sense that he doesn't dislike Reeves. If he disliked Reeves, it would be exactly the same. Again, there's no <laughs> difference. It's why he and Russ were able to make up so quickly because right. for both of them, it's always personal even when it's business. So. Always one and the same. So, what's on your list? You, you, you know, LeBron's got um, a vague uh, directive to fix a lot. Mm -hmm. If you uh, had to put together like your priority list on what needs to be fixed, what can be fixed, where would you start? Okay, here. I mean, we've talked, you know, to the nth degree about the rebounding issues. There, you know, they need to do better on the offensive and defensive glass. I think a lot of it is, quite frankly, go after loose balls harder. You know, like put a body get, on someone, put a body on someone, detail, all of yeah, that. I yeah. mean, sometimes just go get the damn 50 50 ball. Like they're 20th in the league and loose balls recovered as of this recording. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't do a good enough job with nope. that sort of stuff. Like, for example, looked at the uh, box score, the advanced stats box score against Philly. Philly got to 11 loose balls in Lakers six. Philly was the team winning with a fuller roster and a better record. They should not be the team that looks more desperate. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something we've seen with this team all year. The three-point shooting is, again, something that is real but also been talked to death. But when I was looking at their offensive numbers, Brian, this was interesting. Like, we know that they don't take a lot of threes, much less make them. They don't take a lot of shots, period. They are 30th in the league in field goal attempts per game. The dead, you know, that's dead last. They are dead last in the second and the fourth quarters. And, you know, some of this is turnover related, like they will literally toss away possessions. But some of it, I just wonder, are they making the most of the shot clock? Are they treating these possessions with enough urgency in terms of just getting a shot up? Because for all of the Lakers' offensive problems, they have the third best, as of this recording, overall field goal percentage in the league, even – while 28th in the league at three-point, they have the fourth-best two-point percentage in the league. They have the third-highest percentage of two-point shots in the league. You know, they they top 10 for post-ups, top 10 for points in the paint. Yeah, but, but here's where they have a problem. If you are a two-point-centric team in a three-point-centric league, what you cannot be is 10th in the league for two-point attempts. Like you need to be number one, like number three or four at the absolute lowest. One thing I would change if I had control over this, take more shots, well, yeah. period. That gets to something Darwin has talked about a fair amount, which is they got to play faster. Um, but you know what? Doesn't, What's doesn't, weird? They're, they're middle of the pack pace. Like they could be faster. But that's but not what I'm talking about. Pace is, that's not what I mean. Pace, you know, because they'll run enough and they'll, you know, they'll get out on the break. 
but sure. they need to be faster in the half court. Yes, they do. And, yes, know, they do. And, and so it's not that they're not running enough. I mean, that's where most of their Although they're not running enough because they don't rebound enough. Right. Well, it's hard to run when you don't rebound. But like yep. they don't get they don't they are a very good team on the break. They don't get enough chances to do that. And they, it would be great if they could shore up the you know the things with. But it's a really it's a it's a it's a fascinating statistic. Like take more shots um, because they showed last year you can be a team that isn't built on three-point shooting and does you know but you got to be able to get to the line and the lakers are getting to the line they're eighth in the league um heading into tonight's game and in terms of free throws attempted per game um and you know that's their their formula last year was built around getting to the line um avoiding you know when they when they won games avoiding turnovers and limiting other teams getting to the line Mm -hmm. and so you know, like you can kind of do these things, um, but you got to make sure you're you're keeping the other teams. You know, you're you're kind of working on a formula that that allows it to happen. And the Lakers, they are the best team in the league in keeping the opponents off the, the off the three point or, or the free throw line. But Darwin has said it all year long. They need to move faster in the half court, and I think this is where some of these changes that they've made. And you see it particularly. Um, I think in some of the struggles that Reeves has had, like it, they're not at a place yet when you know going from that four in, four out to the five out system that they're doing, where everyone is is moving at at the pace where everybody's on the same page. It's almost like I compare it to I, I think I texted you this. It's like sometimes they're playing and everyone's looking through a dirty windshield. Like you can see where you're going, and you can eventually drive there, but you got to go seventy five percent. You can't go a hundred percent because if you drive that extra twenty five percent, you're gonna run into something. Mm-hmm. Um, they need better windshield wipers. And so over the course of the season, the hope is familiarity, reps, continuity, like Reeves's assist rate is skyrocketing this year, as is his usage rate. Um, as is his you know, it's interesting rate. though his like, usage rate is not much higher than it was last year once higher. N- but not not once he got moved into the starting uh unit post trade deadline i looked it up it's actually it's a little higher but not much right but his he's he's got the ball in his hands much more as a bench player that's the point it's like he's being asked to handle the ball significantly more this year than last year and you're getting some results that are good in terms of an elevated assist rate and then the elevated turnovers are coming there but i think what's happening more than anything is that the offense and this is why it often looks disjointed is it's operating too slowly you know Um, and so to your point about shoot get more shots up go faster in the half court you know i'm not talking about fast break opportunities i'm talking about in the half court get the freaking ball over half court in four seconds, not six. That was a offense quicker. Do things faster. Maybe that is an LA thing as well. Cause I remember it was something, you know, when we covered the Kobe Powell teams that used to drive us crazy with them too. Like there would be a lot of possessions where it felt like Kobe fish and Lamar were having a contest to see who could get closest to an eight second violation yeah. without getting called. And like, there were a lot of shots where Kobe ended up doing these bailouts where in fairness to Kobe, you know, they crapped away 17 seconds. Right. Just like you can't just expect setting up. Right. You, you, you know, it's like, okay, you go shoot. And like, I think that you just get too many of those 
bad last second shots or whether it's Reeves or anyone else, it's going to put into put either put into a position or put themselves into a position where you're not able to to generate a good look um, or that second look or make the extra pass to get an even better look. One um, other, so yeah, go faster. That's a great note, Andy. One other thing I wanted to mention too, and I, I want to give credit. I heard them talking about this on the Lakers film room podcast, uh, Pete and Darius. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the, the Lakers running five out and whether they have the personnel for it, whether it's working, you know, it's very clear that they don't all look comfortable with it so far. And the Lakers team, that doesn't take many threes is very counterintuitive, if not flat out strange when you're playing five out. Yep. Because, you know, maybe the whole point isn't about spread floor taking threes, but part of the reason you would spread the floor in the first place is to weaponize the outside shots. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much you spread right. it out. Yeah. If you're not taking threes, eventually the lane will pack anyway. Right. Because, right. The idea is the, you know, you want to create penetration lanes for right. Ron, for Reeves, whatever. And the Lakers make threes to do it, even Dela. But the thing I would say is, and they, they don't are, drive a lot either as a team. They're they not are a big built. Team. They are built to to make more threes. Like that was what they did this offseason sure. was try to. So I can understand like trying, you know, you're only 20 games, you know, you're not even 20 games in. So, um, but at some point, you do wonder, like, okay, when will they lose faith that the shooting will come around? Well, and I also wonder, though, if, you know, as far as things that need to change, if that's one of the things LeBron was talking about. Maybe, and I don't, maybe. I want to make it clear. I don't. No. I have no idea. Um, but, he's shooting the ball well. <laughs> There's that. Um, by the way, two other things that need to change, real quick. Real quick. From the numbers. LeBron needs to, I think, be more heavily involved in the first and third quarter offense. Um, he, he he takes the fewest amount of field goal attempts in the first and the third. That might be tied to, at least to some degree, them falling behind so much. Maybe. yeah. And it's not even that. that he's playmaking more. He's actually doing more playmaking in the second and fourth quarters. I don't think he's involved enough. Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with 22,000 subscribers who will be uh, very upset if the Lakers do not put in a good performance tonight in Detroit. Uh, we, of course, will be back uh, after the game. Actually, Andy will have a guest. I am unavailable after the game on Wednesday, but Andy will have a special guest, Alex Regla from uh, Silver Screen and Roll. Very smart dude. Great to have him on the show, and we will see everybody on Thursday.